Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of AusBiz. Our goal at AusBiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Osbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is Monday, June 21st. It's the winter solstice in the Southern Hemisphere. I'm yeah. David Scott with Kara Olway making her run on debut for the COB. It's uh, great to have you, Kara. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to make it all about FX markets. Just warning you right now. Seems hang on, hang on, hang on. Before, be, before everyone goes and walks off, no, no, trust <laughs> me, it's going to be not just FX, but uh, there has been some, uh, some action in FX markets, which is nice to see as a former FX trader. Uh, look, let's go and get to uh, the news story of the day, which uh, wasn't just uh, currency markets. Uh, it wasn't just rates markets, equity markets. The volatility pickup that we've seen in the wake of that Fed hawkish shift last Thursday morning our time really pronounced uh, some of the selling it we saw today. Yeah, it was very red across that board. It was the financials that led the way. CBA down over 4% on the day. But look, it was red across the board. It was hard to pick some green spots. We did see some green in tech. Woolworths also traded higher, uh, but very much a risk-off session. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of it stems to what's going on in the bond market as well, because we did see some of those yield-sensitive sectors of the market really outperform again today, including some of the buy-now-pay-later names and also healthcare, REITs, uh, and, and other parts of the market. Uh, but just the signal that the bond market is telling us right now about the state of this reflation trade, uh, some of the flatteners we're seeing in the United States and here in Australia locally when it comes to the bond market, really painting a pretty bleak picture when it comes to the outlook for that reflation trade. And also you know, the potential that we might go and see a really prolonged period back at that sort of uh, no, funk that we're in where it's like slow growth, the low uh, weak inflation, weak wage growth. That was really a characteristic following the GFC. So what does that mean then for equity markets? Are we going to see more volatility or are we, are we staring down the barrel now of a correction, do you think? Well, look, a lot of good news is being priced in. Uh, a lot of it is premised on the fact that we've got fiscal and we've got monetary both working in the same direction. I still think that, no, deep down, that they're going to go and see steeper curves. And so we haven't seen the steepest part of the other uh, curve, both of the twos, tens, probably. Uh, maybe, maybe the th- uh, fives, thirty is probably done now. But uh, for, we still have further steepening to come. Only for the fact that the Fed made it pretty clear that they want to go and see inflation above target for a prolonged period of time. By snapping off the recovery early, by looking to go and tighten, whether it's through like quite aggressive unwinding of the QE program or even earlier rate hikes next year, that's, uh, that's not going to achieve that outcome. So I'm actually putting my faith in the Fed. I probably shouldn't. I've written in the past <laughs> my views not to go and do that. Uh, but uh, it's, yeah, it's up to the Fed this week to me to really go and try and calm these markets down because if they don't get the, the 
opinion out of you know, people's heads that, hey, uh, the reflation trade's dead. We're back to where we were prior to the pandemic. I tell you what, uh, a lot of these moves that we're seeing in those cyclical areas in the market are going to get absolutely hammered because they were blue skies priced. If there's even a cloud in the sky, look out. Yeah, and we had a look at the charts today when it comes to the S&P 500 and the ASX 200. We had Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities on and his key indicator is the 50-day moving average. And he says we haven't broken that on either of the indexes. So on the S&P 500, we're looking at 41.56 around that level and on the ASX 200, around the 71.26. So as soon as those two key levels are broken, then we're looking at a bit of a, a real pullback for him. I'll tell you what, uh, the banks were absolutely hammered today. You mentioned the CBA down close to 5% of the session. That really was just the catalyst of no real acute weakness across that part of the market. Uh, Carl McIntyre is probably uh, pretty happy from Firetrail because uh, he's gone and, uh, and exited those, uh, those big banks and he's been recycling to other areas of the market. So we had a good chat with him earlier in the day. Uh, one of his tips is uh, Lendlease, uh, you know, a recovery story and also like maybe a, a corporate recovery story. It's not had the best of times recently, but uh, he's uh, looking for when it becomes that asset manager type uh, institution uh, might have some brighter days ahead. So he's been investing into that along with other parts of the market. Another good chat we had today was with ST Wong. Uh, that's uh, from Prime Value Asset Management. And uh, he is not giving up on the, uh, the reflation trade just yet. He's still finding some opportunities in the commodity space, interestingly. Yeah, he was, um, as you said there, I mean, look, we saw a pretty big, pull off when it comes to the gold market copper uh, on 10 week lows as well but still still interested in those stocks and those valley and growth stocks he's seeing opportunities in yeah so there's a couple of bonus uh, little tips there that we managed to go and prize out of st so uh thanks for those and uh yeah, i encourage you to go and listen to that interview well worth your time uh look uh, our headline c-suite interview of the day was with uh uh, Kieran Wolf, uh, the MD of Oil Search. We had a good chat with him, Andrew, and myself uh, towards the end of the day. Uh, talk about a turnaround story. I think uh, you know, 15 months ago, people were ready to go and write off the, uh, the energy space, uh, whether it's oil or gas, uh, you know, coal. Uh, everyone was kind of like, well, this is over and done with. But turn around and uh, look, it's been a, a massive rally, not only for those, uh, those prices, but also for Oil Search's share price. So a real recovery story. Now, the key question I think a lot of people are starting to ask is, well, okay, what happens from here? A lot of good news has been priced in. We've seen the reflation trade get a bit iffy. We saw the share price today for oil search come under a bit of pressure. So we had a good chat about uh, know what to do here and now and what's going to happen longer term because, of course, this ESG uh, thematic is not going anywhere. In fact, it's probably going to get stronger. So where does that leave a traditional uh, fossil fuel companies such as oil search? Uh, I'm I pain to go and, uh, go and um, make sure that we're not actually just focusing on uh, it as a carte blanche or fossil fuels but you know trying to go and point out that there are areas that they're trying to go and do better on they want to be net zero carbon emissions as well by 2050 so admits uh, admits that admits that uh, no he doesn't have the answers just yet but uh they're working on it they've got you know plans in place and he reckons that there'll be tangible things that we put in place so you can go and point to investors and say no here's our pledge here's what we're doing and so do you think, or does he, did he think that that would have a tangible effect on the oil price longer term? Well, we touched upon uh, the ability to get finance and it really comes down to not only you know, the, what the underlying fundamentals of the actual site are, but also the, uh, the environmental factors as well. Uh, I, put him to the, I put the question to him, like, no, is it becoming increasingly difficult to go and obtain finance for, uh, for new projects? And he said, no, but it just comes down to those two factors in particular. If you can demonstrate that, particularly with the Paris uh, Climate uh, Treaty, if you can go and demonstrate that the, uh, the actual project is in line with those goals, 
then it's, it's still available to go and do. So that question of supply and demand balance when it comes out, he's still pretty bullish on demand. Uh, so one to go keep an eye on in the not too distant future. Look, another corporate uh, story out today, Borrell, uh, it's gone and offloaded its North American building products unit to Westlake for a cool 2.9 billion bucks. Uh, I'm not sure I know where that leaves uh, seven, uh, seven Group's uh, a takeover approach. It's looking probably a little bit light now. Uh, so interesting space there. We actually went and made uh, Borrell our stock of the day. So we had uh, Nathan Somersundram from Deep Diet Analytics and Gora Sodi from Intelligent Investor go and give their two cents as to whether Borrell is a buy at these levels. Take a listen. Borrell has had for a long time a quite a strong domestic building products business. It's actually a pretty decent little business in Australia. And what's happened is that they've used that capital and just um, bought awful businesses, primarily in America, but, but overseas. Yep. And that's diluted the whole group. So this is a, a business with an, a reasonably high quality domestic base that's just been very poorly managed for a really long time. And now you've got a new management in there and it looks like they're trying to cut some of the excess fat off. There might be a bit more in it, but I think the, the best opportunity has gone. Yep. I think the whole uh, building sector, everyone knows, it's yeah. priced in. And this one, again, when Seven Group is involved, they're like the anaconda. They get in there, buy, 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 wait for the management, cyclical load, then they grind it and they take it. You don't yeah. get the premium. Yeah. So don't get excited that you're going to get a takeover premium. That just doesn't come to you. No, so no, no. Go somewhere else. But if you'd bought in when Seven Group oh, bought in, yeah, you've, you've done, done well. well. You've followed well, the smart well. money. And that was Nathan Somersandrum from Deep Data Analytics giving his view. Borrell not going in the portfolio. All the good news is priced in, isn't that? So you could probably apply that across most of the market, you suspect. Yes, exactly. Considering how we finished today, Scott, you can't leave me hanging. I've got to talk a little bit about the Australian dollar before we go. Yeah, a bit we're of gonna, volatility let's, in this session. Yeah, let's go and talk currency market. So what's uh, what's floating your boat at the moment? Uh, look, the movement that we saw today was pretty big considering what we've seen over the past few weeks when it comes to the Australian dollar. Of course, we did on Friday push below that 75 cent mark, pushing slightly higher in this morning's trade, but then just not being able to hold on to those gains. And it's really across the board when it comes to those risk currencies. Um, sterling, not looking good, just trading above the 138 mark, but really... It's, it's all eyes on the Fed now and what they're going to say this week and whether that US dollar greenback story is going to continue. Yeah, it comes with a disclaimer, but I'm going to like, do your own research. But uh, no, we've both got currency background. So what do you reckon? Have we seen the top tick for the uh, Aussie dollar in this cycle? I think it was 80.06 uh, was the high that we saw uh, probably like six months or so ago now. Uh, is that the high? Not for this year. I'm still pretty bullish going into the end of the year. In terms of technical levels, there's not much below these levels, which is why we saw it trickle down pretty fast. Yep. But longer term, still towards the end of the year, still pushing higher because of that commodities backdrop. And as you said, you know, Jerome Powell might come out this week and say, you know, calm down, calm down. And, and wind everything back. So I'm still pretty bullish long term. Yeah, look, a lot of people are starting to get excited about the Fed and that's gone and seen people move back into the market. But one thing, if you have a US economy which is slowing, uh, and you have uh, you know, big deficits being run both on the trade side and the fiscal side at the same time, which kind of sounds kind of intuitive for a slowdown, not a great no backdrop. Uh, the US dollar would not go and outperform in that scenario. It has to be either you know, real exceptionalism when it comes to economic uh, outlook, or it has to be you know, turmoil for the US dollar to go and get a really strong uh, foothold. So for the time being, looking at what's going on around uh, Europe, I'm watching the euros a bit, uh, bit uh, on the airways and the telly and 
It's uh, certainly lots of people seem to be getting out there and about. Good test run to see what's likely to go and take place when it comes to reopening stories, particularly in the United Kingdom, because we know that a lot of the, uh, the vaccine rollout has been quite uh, prolific there compared to continent. Uh, so keep an eye on that one. Look, uh, just a programming note to go and finish off as well. Like uh, The reason why uh, Nadine is not uh, running the show today is because she's uh, preparing for a very big event for us tomorrow. We have our Small Caps Big Ideas Conference uh, that will be kicking off. So 10 fund managers will each present one high-conviction small cap company and the reason why they are appealing uh, for this uh, particular you know, company to go and do well. So... To go and add a little bit of meat on the bones, not only do we go and get their uh, backdrop as to which company it is, we then speak to the chief executive of that company to go and find out exactly what's going on under the hood. So sounds like a pretty good event. I'm looking forward to going and, uh, and hearing what it's said uh, over the course of that day. Yeah, hopefully there's some golden nuggets in there when it comes to investment, investment opportunities. You're hearing it right from the horse's mouth when it comes from the analyst and then the CEO. We are. And uh, probably the best part about it, it's free. And you can still have time to go and register. You can, you can on this uh, on the COB uh, newsletter. You can go and register there. You can also go through our website. And there's also various things on social media out at the moment. So we encourage you to go and do so. And look, uh, we promise, be Nosbeers, we're not going to be jury. We're not going to be boring. There's going to be like, no, a fun day. There's going to be a lot of entertainment. So we encourage you to go and get involved. Well, that probably wraps up a pretty busy start to the week. Day. And uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. But uh, look, uh, after a pretty uh, torrid start to the week, maybe some brighter days ahead like the, uh, the the length of days are going to start any longer from now on exactly only ways up heading into summer got to be optimistic around here hope you have a fantastic night we'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.